0: This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. KDAL. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim and Gary Callagher here every Saturday on KDAL 610 AM from 12 to 1. Mr. Callagher, good afternoon, sir. How are you today?
1: Jim, we're doing real good on this uh, week for the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We're back to an hour and uh, that's always a good thing.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start us off with a jump. Um, okay. Home Depot and Lowe's, and I assume that it would be Menards, um, up in the uh, Twin Ports area, are booming when the housing market is not busy. Um, so they say. The actual headline, Gary says. Here's why Home Depot and Lowe's are booming in a housing market bust. So, which, you know, you and I wouldn't agree with that we're in a housing market bust for sure. But I I find it interesting. Um, There's a new term that they've come up with, Gary. It's called, rather than move, and then quotes, improve in place. That, they say, is the mentality among current homeowners. Who have decided that they wanted to sell, but changed their minds because they could no command, they could no longer command the top dollar. Um, and it says uh, it's a, it's a dynamic that we don't see much in the market with rising mortgage interest rates. Homeowners are staying in place. So, and that was the uh, that was the Home Depot financial chief, um, Mr. Richard McPhail. What do you think about that, Gare?
1: Well I think I think we've been through this uh you yeah. know in, in the recession as we were coming out of that uh, yeah. recession that was definitely a big buzzword back then is is to where people were um uh you know basically the the uh, home sales had just you know come to a complete halt and uh uh you know so people weren't buying but they w- they were remodeling and you know i'd be curious to know uh, what today's trends are because i think if you remember you know over the last i uh, say 10 12 years the um the big trend in in housing wants uh, you know that that were going on at that time where the home office um right. was was really became a a huge uh uh need want and need and then um internet connectivity you know the house you know what what is the internet speed those types of things and those things are still pretty big today but i wonder if if, um along with bathrooms and kitchens i think those are your stables those types of things but in terms of trends i wonder if there's anything that has evolved i certainly haven't heard of anything have you
0: um no i haven't heard those kind of a trend but here's an interesting one um they say that uh They're pointing to interest rate lock in effects, meaning that people don't want to sell a home where they might be paying 2.75% mortgage interest rate and trade up to another home where the rate would likely be around 7% today. Um, This was written um, a week ago, so I mean, even if it's 6% today, I mean, I can see that, that paragraph there makes sense to me um uh, but you know you're right it it doesn't point into anything in particular about what is the trend what are they buying um they're just improving in place i know if you're going to say what are the trends down in in florida right now i would say that home improvement trends are going are gonna to be probably topped by um replacement of windows um, and that's direct that's a direct um Result of of Hurricane Ian, um, you know, people are thinking I want to get I want to get high impact hurricane windows, um, and then you you get rid of uh, having to you know put shutters up or board it up or whatever, you know. So that's a high one here. I bet you you know in the Northland right now when you're when you're in the middle of winter, I would think that um, improvements are going to be kept inside the house, of course.
1: Well, well, you know, interesting that you ta- mentioned this about windows because. I've got a couple of small, I call them valence windows in our house. Yeah. And, you know, what happened last year in, in this extreme cold is uh, two of them, one of them cracked horizontally and the other one completely burst. I mean, it completely shattered. Wow. And the one that shattered still has the outside pane, but these, these were double pane windows. And, uh, uh, you know, I think some of it was due to, to shifting of the house, according to uh, – Uh, the window dealer, which was Marvin, which Minnesota company. So anyway, and this is back in, in, uh, you know, June, July of this year. I, you know, I, I called and I said, Hey, are these windows still under warranty? And they said, no, they weren't, but we can get them replaced for you. And so I, I ordered the windows. I had to pay half down for these things. And, uh, uh, they assigned, um, a a window contractor to us. And so, Sure. Maybe, maybe September or so. I called them. I said, "Hey, hey <laughs> I haven't heard anything. Are these people coming?" And right. and the lady goes, "We have a back order on the windows. They're not doing until December." Oh boy. And I said, "December." I said, "Can you come in and do these things?" She said, "Oh, sure. We can change them in December." And so I said, "Well, okay then." So we are awaiting a phone call for somebody to come to our house and say your windows are in and we're going to uh, replace them.
0: Boy, I'm I'm waiting for a phone call down here that says your roof is in and we're ready to put it on. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Have um, they
1: given you an indication of how far out this is going to be?
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be three months yet minimum, probably closer to six or seven before they get up on my roof. Maybe I don't know. I mean, it's it's still so hard to say. There, there are so many new roofs going on around me that that's kind of disheartening. You know, I just um yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Um, do the best we can with what we got. We, we don't have any leaks because we've got the leaks taken care of. Um, but yeah, the new roof has got to get put on. So so Gary, there's, a, there's another article here that says that, um, according to Fast Money, that we are in for a 20% um, correction in the real estate market nationwide. That's one person's prediction.
1: Well, we got our predictions coming up, Jim, and as we get into the next month, it's going to be interesting to see what some of these uh, uh, national economists and, and national real estate uh, pros, uh, what they're predicting. And, uh, you know, if we all remember what some of these predictions over the last three or four years have been, it's been all about the uh, appreciation of the market and uh, and what's what's going to be happening. So... Uh, it'll be interesting to see as as we turn the page into twenty twenty three as to uh, what they're saying now and 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 that doesn't surprise me that we're going to probably hear a lot about market corrections, um, sales slumps, and uh, depending on what the uh, the number that they assign to you know how 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 bad things are going to be, you know a twenty percent drop doesn't seem unrealistic to me.
0: Yeah, it, it 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 doesn't seem unrealistic to me either. But there are other there are other opinions out there, you know, saying we're in for a small correction. But this is no two thousand eight. I mean, that's what they're all. That is what they're all kind of saying, is that we're in for a minor correction. And um, I, geez, it's going to be. Uh, I, I would call twenty percent more than a minor correction. But we will see um, where it goes, um, you know, as 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 this market moves on. So.
1: Well. I think again, we all know what's going on, and we've all you know been hearing it uh, obviously these these mortgage interest rates have um had a um a hand in doing that, but this there's no question about it Jim this real estate market has slowed down right. now has it slowed down for every single market? no, it hasn't, but in general. Uh, for the majority I think of all the markets across the country yeah they're seeing a, they're seeing a slowdown they're seeing a market correction right. and, uh, and, and and again I'll ask you is this a good thing or, or is this something to be overly concerned about
0: I would call it a normal thing um, I'm just looking at the uh, National Association of Realtors and um, it says home sales have declined for the ninth straight month in October, and um, they fell. sales of previously owned homes dropped 5.9% from September to October. So they're saying that for the nine straight months, the number of homes sold has has been dropping, Um, and sales were 28.4% lower over last year at this time. So, but even uh, even as the sales um, are are slowing up, the the supply is still is still low throughout the United States, which I find interesting as well.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that the the inventory levels are still something to be concerned about. But I also think something that you mentioned a little bit earlier here is I think you're going to we could potentially run into a situation to where people that have purchased their home over the last five years and have these like phenomenal interest rates. They could be a little bit gun shy when it comes to selling and giving that rate up because quite frankly, I don't think we're going back there anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still saying that in October, 24% of the homes that were on the market that went pending went so over asking price. So, but it says also a home sitting on the market for more than 120 days were off by 15.8%. So that just means to you know that's that's, that's, um, that's old school for us. you know if you, if you're gonna price it, you' gotta, if you're gonna sell it, you have to price it in today's market. you can't be living in the past now and um, you know as you, as you catch this slope going down in values, um, the smart play is to price it correctly the first time. Um, and then you'll be able to get your be able to get your equity out. So, all right, Gary, we had another minute here, so so why don't you uh, give out your phone number,
1: folks? Um, I can be reached in the Twin Ports here 218-390-0615. three nine zero zero six one five. I'm licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin, and there you go. All right, and down here in Florida, you can reach me 218-348-7653. three
0: four eight seven six five three. You're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and hang in there. We're gonna be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rond and Gary Callagher here. Gary, why don't you give out your phone number to get things started this session?
1: I'm at 218-390-0615. i here in the Twin Ports license of both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Still have uh, a need for some um, investment property. Uh, if you got apartment buildings triplexes fourplexes you know what have you looking for those types of things and then um, have have um, some folks that are moving into the, into town and they are um, looking for something on the outskirts of uh, the city if you have anything out there up to maybe 500,000 $200,000 to 500,000 sale price so
0: 218-390-0615 all right and down here in florida you can get me at 218-348-7653 all right, Mr. Gallagher. Why don't we talk about um, people who are new into an area? You know, coming in fresh into the Twin Ports or coming in fresh down here in Florida, and what are the things that they're looking for? I've got a couple of things myself. So, but why don't you start things off?
1: Yeah, I think that's a a, a really good subject, and I think it's a really important uh, thing to talk about because uh, when somebody's coming into the community, and if they haven't ever lived here or been here and they come in cold, you know, most of the time people come in and, and they'll, they'll do an advanced visit. Uh, they'll, and, and most of the people will do some type of online research of uh, the community that they want to come into. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the twin porch, Jim, I would say the, the, the number one, the number one thing, and I think these are traditional staples that people want to know about are obviously schools, And uh, I think that those are big things for families that are coming in. Uh, I I think that there are some uh, people out there that are coming from some of the higher, you know, we have a wage tax in Minnesota as a lot of states do. And so there are uh, some people that are coming in there. They're concerned about what the wage tax is, that type of stuff. Uh, And then obviously locations and climates. And when people move in, to this area from outside of this area they you know and everybody obviously knows about the weather up here but they want to know you know their question is well what's it really like
0: right (laughs) exactly you
1: you know and it's hard to uh, put into uh, uh, perspective what it's really like to live in 30 below weather you know and 50 below windchill weather it's it's really difficult um but But I think, you you know, when when you can get through that, um, when people move up here, one of the things I I always will say to people in the Twin Ports when they're moving up here is, uh, there's there's the weather issue that we have to deal with, uh, but there is also this portion of the summertime where this area up here, Jim, quite frankly, becomes somewhat magical. And if... You know, you you've certainly experienced this. You know, when when the weather is favorable up here, and we have uh, the lake and all of, you know, the big lake, Lake Superior, obviously, all the rivers, all the inland lakes, all those types of things. There's a magical time of year where it's like you know, it, you it's hard to to put that in into perspective for people. But I do know that people that have moved into the community that I've worked with have called me, you know, after they've been here a year or two whatever. And they said, hey, you know, we just want to let you know that we understand what you said about, you know, (laughs) it being a magical place. Right. And, you know, there's 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 times of the year where it's like you just you know, you can smell it in the air. You can feel it in the breeze. It's just whatever. But I think and, and and to be able to convey that to, to people up here, Jim, when they come into town, they look at you kind of like, "Well, what do you mean? It's magical," you know. And so, trying to convey that to people and, and give them a sense of what it is that you mean is, um, uh, you know, something that is, um, you know, I think it I, I, something I certainly like to do with people and talk to them about. But uh, you know, you get you do get that that look like, oh, it's magical," but. I, I also think that people, Jim, are, are obviously, you know, where they live and, and what they do. And, and one of the things that I've heard about people coming from these larger metro areas is like, we don't want neighbors. We're just tired of the density. We're, we're, we want a little bit of space. We want a little bit of room. We, you know, we just we want a little bit of privacy we're just tired of the density and when they get here and they you know you're you're taking them around looking at showing sometimes you're just driving around showing them the area those types of things I think they're somewhat amazed by the uh, geography of the city and you know and and what it has and and, uh, you know if you take them up over the hill and then you come down the hill and you can look over that lake and see those types of things you take them up by some of the rivers um, and uh, uh, show them some of these features, that type of stuff, I think they're really blown away, you know. Uh, but I do think that the Staples uh, schools, number one, people want to know about schools. Uh, they want to know about certain, you know, locations, you know, where they're going to live, that type of stuff. And and we, we have to be careful, you know, what we say to people, you know, that we don't violate fair housing and stuff like that. But, but there are those types of concerns that people have.
0: Well, and I've uh, – we still have the schools uh... – as a concern for sure. But I think that, um, more and more these buyers are able to educate themselves online pretty well, you know, on, on what the schools are like. And a lot of them have already done their homework, but when they come down here, you know, they ask you, and so I thought it was humorous, you know, how, how cold does it really feel? Well, we get the same thing, you know, it's like, how hot does it get there in July in the summer? Um, and surprisingly, I just say, well, you know, it's, it's a lot of times the Midwest is at least as warm or warmer a lot of times in the middle of the summer. So, um, you just got to get used to it day in, day out. You're in a lot of air conditioning. Um, but you know, I mean, these types of, uh, times, you know, around the country, around, around winters, when it starts to get kind of nice down here, you know, um, Averages of about 78 degrees, you know, uh, for a daily temperature. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of uh, climate questions. Um, But we do the same, I do the same thing, Gary, you know, take them around. uh, And here it's like show them all the right beaches, um, you know, show them the other amenities and the the rivers and the things of that nature as well. So um, the part of Florida that I am, which is in Punta Gorda, is right on the Peace River. So there's a lot of activity around that river and there's a lot of lot of uh, a lot of beautiful things to see as well and one other thing that I think that people need to, to, to understand when they move down here is where is the Sun traveling during the day because most people want to see the Sun at some point in time and if you, you know they, they want to have it um, so maybe it, it sets you know off the back side of their house so they can watch the sunset or whatever but um, so there's 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 the kind of things that that are looked for when people come down here to Florida, um, yeah. So kind of the same thing, well, kind of opposites in a lot of ways too.
1: Well, I can imagine that, you know, people, uh, you ever get questions about, Hey, are there places to park my boat?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, because you can, your, you can use your boat, you're around down there. I'd imagine.
0: Yeah. It, it's an issue too. I mean, um, we bought our boat because it came with a slip, you know, um, it came with a spot to keep it. Um, that was the, one of the biggest reasons we bought it, because you can be on a two-year wait, you know, to get into some of these places. So, and, oh, by the way, another one of them, uh, one of them burnt down shortly after the uh, hurricane. It survived the hurricane, and then it caught on fire. I mean, how crazy is that? So, yeah, yeah. storing your boat is a thing. Um, there's not a lot of, people want the extra, the man shop, you know, or whatever you want to call it, the workshop, you um, the extra big garage, those are harder to find, and it's harder to find, you know, um, spots that you're going to have enough land, you know, to build that on as well.
1: Well, the, the other thing, too, is, and, and and I don't know, that's why I'm going to ask you this question, but I would assume that, that you get a little different clientele than, like, say, you know, hey, uh, we've, we, we're a family, you know, we've got young kids, we're going to grow up, you know, we're going to yeah. want them to live in this environment where you're clientele is it made up mostly of like maybe snowbirds maybe people that have you know retired their kids are gone they want to live down in this the warm climate i mean do you have uh, a lot of people that are coming in with with that family element that uh, you know hey we want our family to live down here and i go to sc- go to school all that type of stuff
0: well, we do have that because you know people are able to pick uh, a lot of times where they want to live, or, or there are there are job opportunities down here that they're chasing too. So, yeah, we do get. Uh, I would say that we get a lot of a lot of retirees, but we do get a lot of young families as well. So um, you know, we, we just try to uh, I I guess keep your eyes open, Gary. You never know who's going to be around that corner. Um, and then the the first time home buyers, you know, the kids that grew up here. Um the interesting part is is they, they know the area a little bit better um but man they have been open to going to a lot of different spots and i think you know that's because of the inventory as well you know um not enough inventory has affected how the real estate market um still works around here we're getting a little bit more inventory than we've had but the inventory issue is always there
1: you know, Jim, last week we talked a little bit about uh, home heating options. Right. And uh, I, I was actually working with a couple that are moving into the area this week. And they, uh, we looked at a house that had a number of different op- heating options and just kind of a cool wow. house. And uh, we went in there and, uh, you know, they're, they're coming from a, 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 a geography where it's flat. It's there's, there's not a lot of geography to, to where they're coming from. And, um, Uh, but they've also haven't experienced some of the weather that, that we have up here that they're going to experience. And we got into this house and it was, um, you know, as we talked about, uh, there was this external boiler, you know, wood fired boiler that is, is, you know, water fueled and you, you, you throw the wood into this unit that's outside of the house, um, and it uh, it was for the garage only. This was a massive garage. It was all insulated. And uh, they must have done like auto work because there's there's a big uh, lift, a hoist that was in this garage. But this guy really liked this place, you know, and inside they had a uh, combination electric heat. Um, it was a boiler in the house, you know, so hot water heat. Um, and uh, uh, then they had propane fireplaces. Uh, and a lot of outbuildings and and that type of stuff. So this was something that was appealing to them. And uh, uh, whether or not they're going to make an offer on it, I don't know. This is their first uh, adventure up here. But uh, I think this type of stuff, you know, when people are moving into the community, we deal with this climate up here, Uh, The um, not having talked to these folks about heating options at all, this was something that definitely caught their attention and uh, was something that I think was somewhat appealing to them to see those options uh, that it, they had to heat.
0: Yeah. And there's a little bit of a learning curve there too, isn't there?
1: Yeah, definitely. There definitely is. I mean, you know, when, when you talk about people coming from climates that don't really have, um, a lot of, you know, need for heat, you know, they obviously have it, but they're used to maybe like a four stair furnace. I think that was the big thing is, you know, Hey, we just have a furnace here, you know, or they've got electric heat you know, and I think that, that electric heat is a lot more, a lot more prevalent in, in a lot of communities outside of this area. But I think, you, you know, the thing where, uh, one of the garages, uh, a secondary garage had a big fuel oil tank with a fuel oil furnace in it. And, uh, so explaining this stuff and getting you know, people acclimated to, to, you know, these options, what they're all about, it's something they're not familiar with. And so, um, uh, you know, but, but I also think it's something that can be appealing to them as well, you know. So they have uh, a little bit of an understanding of, like, oh, wow, we've got all these different options. We've got propane, we've got fuel oil, we've got wood, uh, you know, electric, all this stuff. And so I, I felt that that was uh, something that, like I said, it was appealing to them.
0: Yeah, and, and down here, the, the option, the alternatives that we have is, is generally solar, um opposing electric you know because i mean you're you're operating an air conditioner you're operating possibly a pool heating system um and if that's the case you know if it's just electric you just got to look at the efficiency and the size um to make sure that uh going into the future that it's it's going to be an efficient way to get your house and keep your house cooled Um, and like we talked a couple of weeks ago um gary whether you're heating it or cooling it you know the insulation and our value of that insulation and how tight your house is, is going to impact how much of that energy you're going to ultimately use.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the other big thing, Jim, and I don't know how much time we have. On we this got segment, a couple but, minutes. Uh, um, the uh, well and septic issue as well. You know, people coming in that, that use city utilities and they've they haven't dealt with this type of stuff. This is a big thing, you know. And and water pressure for a well is something that I I point out to people. Um, well water, the smell of well water, you know, does it yeah. does it smell? Does it have an odor to it? And, and we can have uh, a, um, a prevalent smell. It smells like sulfur, rotten eggs, that type of stuff. Um, but then the other thing too is that people don't realize when you deal with well water. Well water is, is can be a little bit. I'm not going to say dirty, but there's sediment. And there's grit and there's th- that type of stuff. And so uh, I will always show people, like, for example, I'll pull off the top of a toilet cover and we'll flush the toilet and you can see all the sediment, you know, and some of it is is uh, uh, significant, some of it isn't, you know, or you, you take off a you unscrew the filter or the little screening on the bottom of, a, of a, f- a faucet and you can see all the grit that's in there. And so getting people acclimated to that and well water is something that I think is a, can be eye-opening to them as well as septic systems and while we deal with septics up here. you know, But when you're buying a rural property and you're looking for a little bit of elbow, elbow room, these are things that people, I think, have to know about and they have to be aware of. And so uh, it's important to point that out.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and the septic systems, especially when um, you know the inspections that are necessary for them to make sure that they're going to be able to continue operation normally on in the future for these people.
1: Yeah. Well, all these counties have different ordinances now, and they're all, but they're all coming coming around to like having uh, these uh, septic inspections, so we know the status of, of the, the system that's currently in the ground there.
0: There you go. All right, Gary. We're coming up on our break. Why don't you give out your phone number one more time?
1: 218 390 0615.
0: And down here in Florida, you can reach me at 218 348 7653. Hang in there. We'll be right back after this short break. The Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Celebrity real estate news. Chum Lee. <laughs> Chum Lee. Chum Lee from Pawn Stars. Yes. He bought a foreclosure a few years ago. Chum Lee practiced the basic, perfect premise of real estate, and that is to buy the smallest house amongst the biggest ones. His little estate there is now gone up tremendously in value. Join Jim and Gary Saturdays at noon on 610 KDAL. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding, Gary Callagher here every Saturday on KDAL from uh, 12 to 1. All right, Mr. Callagher, um, let's talk about some interest rates a little bit. I think that we still understand that this is having a very big impact on what's going on in the real estate market.
1: Well, but the, they have – hopefully they've peaked because they're down, and the 30-year conventional – Fixed rate right now is at six point one two five, and the uh, FHA thirty years at six point seven five, and the uh, VA thirty year term is at six point six two five. So, it, it, it's good to see these things drop. I mean, the the, the conventional rate has just like it's almost a whole percent and a half less than it was at its peak. Right. And um, uh, so, so that's good to see, and hopefully, you know come i i would think sometime late spring you're going to start to see a wave of refinancing going on as long as these rates are in that six percent range because these people that had paid you know seven seven point two five seven and a half percent i mean this is going to be a massive savings if that those rates hold hold uh, uh steady and stabilize as we get into spring because you know you can't just get a new loan and then the rates drop like they've dropped, and then go and refinance. You have to let that loan season, uh, you know, at least several months. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch what happens to the refinance market as we get into, like I said, I think by late spring we should be um, we should understand how that's that's going to go. But uh, for right now, I think the refinance market is just. <clears throat> it's on hold uh i still think uh when we start to hear that they're hiring more loan officers loan originators that's when i think that'll be an indication of like all right they're they're foreseeing the activity on the horizon here and so uh um but um it's good to see these rates down uh again i don't think we're going to see them like like we had seen them you know in that three percent range but um uh, if they stabilize in the five to six percent range i think that'll be good
0: Right, exactly. So the effects of the interest rates. I, I, I was just I was just scanning over an article in Florida, and and what they're saying here is that you know if a seller and I know this is the same up north, but they're 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 summing it up like this: if a seller needs to move and wants to move, then they should put their home up for sale. However, if a seller likes their home and is is comfortable with their current payments. And interest rates, then they should stay in their house. I think that's pretty much reciting what we've been saying, you know, um, in, in, in in earlier discussions about what's going on in the market here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think this could be a uh, some type of pho- pho- housing phenomenon that we see in the in the next couple of years. That people, unless you're you have to move, you've been transferred, you know, what have you, something like that. Well, I think people are going to think long and hard about, uh, having to, uh, uh, move out of their home just simply because of these mortgage interest rates and, uh, how that impacts their buying power. And, and so, um, just be something for us to watch, but, but the interest rates have certainly affected the market, you know, Jim and, uh, um, you know, again, how, right. how, how, and when it, it all shows some type of stability will, um will certainly continue to
0: watch that so there's such a thing as the hollow school of real estate which is at florida international university and um their prediction down here is that it's that prices are going to come down a lot more because sellers are already starting to cut their asking price and um it it seems like if your house is selling down here and, and again these are familiar familiar overtones if your house Got an accepted offer in the first 30 days, you were priced right. If you're over 120 days on the market, then, of course, you were probably priced out of the market in the first place, and you need to adjust. So all things that we're kind of saying um, back-to-back here, no matter who we're, who we're talking about.
1: Well... Like you know, interesting statistics, you know, another segment of the market that this has affected, Jim, is the the investment market across the country. Right. I don't think it's affected it here locally in the Twin Ports. I think we have an incredible market up here, but uh, there's been some in, in investor uh, single-family home purchases that have slowed. You know, if you remember last week, we talked about the uh, uh, J.P. Morgan getting into the uh, uh, single-family rental business right. in, in Targeting homes in the in the Sunbelt states, um, nationally, um, these mom and pop type investors has slowed, and and the uh, one of the things that they they talk about is how um, ca- uh, uh, cash buyer buyers versus um, mortgage buyers when it comes to investors. The the cat the uh, mortgage people that had to take mortgages out they didn't stand a chance against these cash buyers. Well, the cash buyers have all but kind of pulled back on these marketplaces, you know, and, and uh, some of these smaller markets across the country. And Minneapolis was was listed as the uh, uh, market number five in terms of where these investors have just completely pulled back on on the rental properties. Right. And and one of the things that you know when I first saw this I thought. Oh, I wonder if that's part of the, the rent control.
0: And right, uh, the I don't think Minneapolis yet. adopted yep, yep. The,
1: the rent control yet. I thought that was St. Paul, but maybe it's it's just all clumped together there. But uh, um, I do know for a fact that that rent control ordinance has – it's caused investors to, to pause down there. Oh, in, yes. In I mean, we were
0: talking months ago in that past – um <clears throat> that there were entire um developments that were that were pulled off um the the um the developers just said yep we're just pulling out of that project so um that did happen in in the, in the, in St. Paul for sure so and down here they control it a little bit differently i mean um florida has a really unique way of keeping out airbnbs You know, and that's to form a neighborhood, you know, community where you have association rules that govern all. And um, they 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 put in stipulations like you've got to have a you've got to have a rental contract that's for 31 days or more. Um, And, uh, you know, people who are uh, people who are trying to buck the system and still do Airbnb anyway, Gary, and that does happen here. They're getting caught because the neighbors are turning them in, you know. So very, very interesting, interesting things uh, of, of how they are impacting, um, you know, real estate purchases. So, but yeah, I think the the local investor has taken some time to reflect on what's going on in this market, and um, if they're smart with their money, I mean, you, you've got to you've got to kind of look at things and and, and try to try to figure out where they're going and um, you know sometimes they just want to take a step back and wait to make sure that they're making the right decision
1: well here's an interesting um, uh, re- investment property city and they're talking about Seattle Washington okay and and this is one of the, this is the number one city that has um, experienced the biggest drop in in these investor uh, uh, in you cash investors buying these properties for rental Yep. The median home list price gem in Seattle is seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, wow. In order to be able to make money on an investment like that as a rental, you're going to have to charge six to seven thousand dollars per month in rent. Right. And the. Um, the prospects of trying to find renters like that who can pay that kind of money every month has really dried up uh so seattle has experienced about a 20 percent drop in investment uh, purchases you know people that are buying these properties just to rent them out and that's that's pretty significant because if you remember the um uh investors were a big part of this surge you know buying these yeah. single-family homes all across the country and uh, uh, and so it, it was a it was a pretty big part of the marketplace and to see that that it has dropped significantly and it affects home sales nationally in in like every sector of every market that was one of the things that kind of caught my attention I'm like boy were these investors really that big big of a part of the market and and pushing this market more than maybe we think it was um now, I don't think it was all. I mean, I think that, that the home ownership and the mortgage interest rates, uh, are, I think the mortgage interest rates really contributed to
0: yeah, that, yeah, the
1: uh, push for people to own homes. And these two and a half, two point seven five, three 275 3% mortgage interest rates, they were just a boom for the real estate market and people wanting to own a home. I mean, it was unlike anything we had seen. It's probably going to be unlike anything that we will ever see again. And so, uh, but the investors were certainly a big part of the equation. And and to see th- this these types of numbers uh, with this big of a pullback in these major metro areas, I think it's kind of eye opening.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you this: um, in the in the past couple of years, I've sold many houses to investors. Um, interest rates were low, um, rents were high. Uh, I mean, and and they were competing with you know um, with other buyers, and and they would they would overpay a little bit just to get it to get it started. And I think that the whole financial picture has changed. So yeah, these local investors are taking a second look at this, and uh, rightfully so. And uh, the market is going to adjust. Um, will it adjust twenty percent? I I don't know about that. It it, it it's a possibility, but um, hopefully that would be the um, that would be the farthest adjustment that we would that we would see. So, but one of the rates are one really of the
1: in segments of the investor market, Jim, that I don't think will be hurt anytime soon is the college rental i think your college rental and and this goes for any major city you know where these major universities are even small towns like duluth with with the umd saints classica lakesbury college all these colleges i think that as long as the the university population levels stable. I think the college rental market is going to continue to be a very lucrative market for people. I think that you'll see prices, and I think we have seen prices go up. And so, you know, that does equate to to some higher rents. But um, I do believe that that's a a very stable sector of the marketplace when it comes to real estate investing.
0: All right. Very good. Perfect timing, folks. We're up, I guess, a break here. Uh, stay tuned. we got one more segment coming up on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney, Gary Callagher here. I am in Florida. Jim Rodney in Florida, you can reach me at 218-348-7653. And Mr. Callagher up there in the Twin Ports, what are your digits, please?
1: I'm at 218-390-0615.
0: All right. Let's talk about some local real estate up there in the Twin Ports.
1: Jim, uh, the, the old Hotel Astoria, um, the uh, former historic hotel in downtown Duluth, that was a home to antiques. Uh, the uh, Oriental Restaurant was down there, Chinese Dragon, I think it was called. Yeah, my uh, And this is maybe? on 1st Avenue East and Superior Street. It no longer exists. Yeah, you know when I read
0: about that as an historic building and that people were fighting to save it, and then it was a hotel, I'm like, did part of it burn down? Because it wasn't it only two stories high.
1: Well, it was it was two stories above uh, Spirit Street, and right. it was from Michigan Street. It was three stories. I mean, okay. Uh, so I mean, but it, it that, that building's been around around in a lot of our history for for decades. I mean, right. so. Uh, but it was, it was, it had issues, some integrity issues, structural integrity issues, that type of stuff. And uh, the uh, pr- preservationists did put up a, uh a little bit of a beef but when it came to uh the judge saying you know you guys got to put up money you got to put up a bond here and i think that the amount of the money was like 60 grand they couldn't come up with it and so the uh the owners of the building were allowed to proceed with the demolition and they've done it I bet, you know, yeah, done. I bet
0: i bet as soon as they got that as soon as they were kicked out of court saying they didn't they didn't come up with their bond money let's start up those loaders and let's take that down
1: well it wasn't immediate but it was okay. within a week <laughs> yeah. that that building was down and uh, and another another demolition going on that we've talked about quite quite a bit is the uh, central high school it's it uh, should be uh as, at the time of this recording it should be pretty well down that uh you know the old uh, the school there has been torn down so um, any new news sp-
0: on the cozy
1: well the cozy is uh still in in the news and I think that's going to be in the news as we Get into the new year, and uh, there's uh, uh, some uh, supposed potential development of it. One of the local uh, uh, developers here is uh, talking about making it into efficiency-type units or, or whatever. But uh, uh, I think that remains to be seen. But I think that's a story that's going to continue to carry on for the next six, seven, eight months. Who knows how long?
0: As it has been carrying carrying on for years and years and years. You I know, think
1: it's been about going on six years that yeah, this thing has been. What's, in the what's interesting they, to they, me, uh, I, I would like listen. to know
0: how much money both sides spent fighting each other. How much? Uh, how much has been put into it in order to um, keep it safe? I mean, what is the price tag on this thing? On this fight, it's it's got to be enormous by now.
1: Well, it's it's six figures, multiple six figures, I would imagine for sure. Right, but. Uh, um, Uh, whatever happens ultimately how, you know, what happens with that building still remains to be seen. It's still litigating. And, um, uh, when it finally resolves itself one way or another, we'll be here to report it to you.
0: Well, there you go.